Hey, this is Ian from Cyborg Octopus, and you're watching Interview Under Fire. All right, guys and girls, I'm going to welcome you all back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, here, as always. And today, I have the honor of speaking with frontman Ian Forsythe. Uh, man, thank you so hey, much man. for joining our IF series today, bro. You know, we're closing in on an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at Cyborg Octopus. I mean, say that five times fast. <laughs> I mean, with the drop of your highly anticipated album, Between the Light and Air, setting to drop August 26th via Silent Pendulum Records. Bro, let me begin by, you know, commending on all the well of recognition this has been getting so far. I mean, especially with that single that dropped seizure of character. I mean, all, thank I mean, you. Thank the you. Comments on there. I mean, everyone's like, this is like a breath of fresh air. It's like, that's like the commonality I'm hearing. And it, this is also quite the return as well for people who don't know, because it's been a minute since learning to breathe. I feel like, you know, so much to discover about, you know, this amazing release and what you're all about. Now, before we get to all that, right, you know, talk about getting excited again after what we all experienced after the last two years or more than two years at this point. Have you had the chance to just like just take all this in? I mean, I mean, it's exciting, right? Yeah, yeah new album, yeah. but it's like it it may, in retrospect. I don't know for me about you. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I would look back on something like 2020 and 2021. It's like, yeah, I'm grateful to go to a show. Something simple as that. Mm -hmm. Load of yeah. questions. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and that's so much about uh, uh, like the album. I feel like so many albums coming out right now are influenced so much by their perception of what happened, like yeah. what they had to deal with over the past couple of years. And I definitely thought about that a lot when when writing lyrics. And I know the guys did when working on the album. Um, but my last show, we went to Denver to see Opeth March 2nd. So we saw them in the beginning of March. And then two weeks later, everything was shut down. And then wow. one of the first trips we took um, last year actually was Opeth's first tour coming back. So we went and saw I them in I Dallas. Was, I, I was at that. I was at that uh, tour. Yeah, I went 29th of February. So like two days before you saw them, they were here in Dallas. Wait, no, but we went and Wait, saw them was... in Dallas with Mastodon, right? Uh, hold on a second. What, was that the same? Was that the same show? This was before the pandemic, right? No, it was after. Oh, after the pandemic. Th that's right there <laughs> from the that's the Dallas show. So we were that's there. The we were at the same show. We were at the same show, bro. So I was up there taking photos. So I do photography as well. Nice, so, dude. Uh, you probably saw me. That's that's the poster from that day. November 27th, 2021. Southside Ballroom. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, yeah, you know, um, my wife loves Opeth. Um, I love Prague and I, I like Opeth. She, I just not as just not as much as she does. Yeah. Um, and it was it was awesome. But yeah, definitely something that not that I feel like I took for granted, but I didn't realize how much a part of like my regular life it is, you know, yeah. so all of all of our friends, all of the cyborg guys, all of the guys and all the bands we know, um, when we go to a show, we see everybody. It's like, you know, it's like a dance for all our friends. Right. So, you know, you do that a couple times, a, do that a couple times a month and then it goes away and you kind of miss that community and so um that's what i'm really excited about we've got three days here sacramento san francisco and fresno um this yeah. upcoming weekend and realistically it's just going to be good we're playing venues we've never played before and we're hoping it just 
fun, you know, and that's what we're really looking for. Um, and we've definitely missed a lot of not being able to go out as easily. But um, the past couple months, we've been really hard on the shows. We've been doing a lot of concerts. So um, we're, we're happy they're coming back. Is it almost kind of nerve wracking trying to figure out where you have to be on the stage now? It's like, OK, we got to get back into this. It's like, OK, OK, stage left, stage right. All right. Or did it or kind of just pick back up where you left off? Something we like that. We are we it's so natural. And I think we do better when we're under fire. Like we always joke that we move a lot more on stage when it's a smaller stage that we don't have as much room in. Yeah. Um, and that we play harder when people look like they're not enjoying us. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of those things that the more you're challenged, I feel like the more we put into it. Um, and so, you know, in some ways that really helped us make the album. Um, but it just delayed that time process a little bit. Yeah, it, it's it definitely makes you know you're grateful for those little things like that, you know. And mm-hmm. um, by the way, that was a that was a crazy night. Uh, we're talking about that Mastodon show because that was this, I don't know if you were aware of this. There was a lot of room in the crowd, and uh, because that same night Metallica was maybe a couple miles down the street from us, and they were performing, so a lot, everyone was at Metallica while we had. I loved it. I was able to park right in front of the venue. I never get to do that because <laughs> nobody was taking up the parking spaces, and wow. it was it was it was a lot of room. Usually, probably the most room I've ever seen at Southside Ballroom, and I and I go there often. Okay. So, but hey, that was a great show. Saturday night with Opeth great. and Mastodon. I don't, I think that was the only two, right? Oh, Zeal and Arder. They were Zeal the, and Arder, which yeah. I I've liked for a while. Uh, so it was really cool to see them. And it's funny, we just dropped a single today that is like a spaghetti western song. And so it's not exactly the same sort of thing Zeal and Arder does, but they're yeah. really into that that country folk kind of vibe. And so it was really cool to see them. And then we have music that's definitely influenced from some of the same spaces. What what's the single that you dropped? Uh, Spectres. Spectres got dropped today Ooh, at okay. 10 a.m. Um, okay. Because I, I, I'm sorry. I love that track. I, I for a second, I thought my favorite hands down is the projector. I mean, awesome. it's, it's going to I mean, I hope that's a music that I don't know what you can and cannot say, but that's just a, that's the fan in me. We'll talk <laughs> about that. Uh, the music, because um, I, uh, Ian, what I want to do is I, I want to wind the clock back. OK, so. OK. Here's what I want to do. I know we talked about 2020, right? I want to wind it back to almost over 10 years also, because maybe even before that. Okay. <laughs> because again, for fans and listeners who may not know, you guys are from the Bay Area. Now, I, I want to I want to see if you could just briefly talk about, just briefly, about that defining moment in your life that led to the inception of Cyborg Octopus with you, Bobby, Patrick, George, and Josh, and to what it is today. I know you guys have been on quite the journey uh, I know there have been lineup changes in between there, but mm-hmm. how did you five finally come together and in the end and realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life or continue doing technically? Yeah, yeah. This is a lifelong project for me. I So um, there was a band before this band in high school called Bleed Before the Skies, and I was not in that band. I was a fill-in vocalist when the vocalist couldn't make the shows. So there was a period of time coming out of high school yeah. that the band that band broke up and um, the band sort of got back together with new members. And so we all sort of went to high school together. So th- uh, three of the members of the band currently all went to high school within a grade of each other. So we all go way back again, going to shows that community that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we met Bobby through a show. We met Josh through a mutual friend. Um, and so just as time went on, um, people, you know, had different priorities. 
go different ways and we don't look at it as a negative thing. You know, the, the project's going to go on and uh, we all love it. We, we, we're passionate for weird music. So that's really what, what drives everybody who joins the band. And so now I'm the only founding member of the band. So the original EP was done in 2011 and I was only featured on a couple of the songs. So I was, I was like with the members as a second vocalist and then I became the only vocalist. And so since then it's been mostly the same guys, um, but we have switched um, over time. So um, this, this show's coming up. Our bassist, George is uh, leaving the band. Um, he's going to get a master's oh, okay. degree. So he just is not going to have time for us anymore. So we're sad about it, but these shows, this is like kind of getting us tour ready, right? We're getting us tour ready. We're going to just play a couple shows and we're also honoring George because he's been in the band for almost 10 years now. Uh, like I said, we go back to high school. Um, and so he's one, they're all my best friends. Right. But he's, he's, yeah. he's leaving. So we're going to honor him and, and, uh, make a lot of loud noises. Yeah. Making loud noises is what we're all about, man. Okay. Everything. <laughs> okay. what you just told me, George, is he leaving the band for good or he's just going to take this time time away to work on something else and then once I think he's done... I think he's leaving the band for good um we do already have a replacement lined up there's announcements for that coming up soon mm -hmm. but um yeah he he you know he called each of us individually he didn't you know he didn't get us as a group or whatever because we're again we're all really good friends and he wanted to have time to let us know how much the band meant to him of so course. it was it was it was tough it was really tough but he said look I've I've loved this time I need to do something new that I'm passionate about now. Um, and I think that's awesome, you know, and he's really proud and he stuck through writing the album and working on the album. Um, you know, he never quit on us, right? He, it's like now that now that he's done his what he felt like was his job, he's good to do something else. And we're really happy for him. And there's multiple members of the band that have done that previously. And so it's not hard feelings, you know, it's just like the, the show goes on and the road continues. We're just going to uh, go different paths for right now. You know, it's not an easy thing to do because I asked that question because I have so I come from a family of musicians. Both of my brothers are are musicians. They're both drummers. And my brother's getting his I believe he's getting his Ph.D. out in Nashville. He just got, you know, and it's almost to the point where he kind of stopped all the music so he can focus on that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing the same thing almost because I'm I'm obviously still going to be doing interviews and stuff, but I'll be focusing on my degree. Also, I'm going to go. I have like 12 hours left, bro. So I'm just gonna be like, yeah. Just finish it, you know? Good for you. Yeah, so it, it's definitely not an easy thing. You you really want to keep your priorities in check. And again, I don't mean to sound like a broken record. The last two years have really taught us a lot of things to prioritize. Now, I will always wonder, I love asking this question because, you know, you, you made that EP in 2011. What were you listening to at that time, Ian? Like, what what were you? And also, because I'm a gamer, what were you gaming with? Also, what was the, what was the game? For me, I think... I don't know if I'm answering your question already. Skyrim in 2011, when it dropped, I still play that game religiously. But things are happening at that time for you. You ever look back on that? So I was in junior <laughs> college. I was living in my parents' house. Um, and World of Warcraft Cataclysm had come out probably six months <laughs> previous. Yes. So I, I I'm, I'm a longtime WoW player, dude. So I'm a creature. I have it. So I was probably playing WoW. Um, hanging out, I was working at a movie theater too. So I was working at a movie theater. I was listening to, um, 
a lot of the Sumerian bands. I still love a lot of that Sumerian oh, like tech deathcore. I love After the Burial, Veil vale of Maya, uh, Born of Osiris is a is a big influence. I love I love their breakdowns, kind of the tempo that Born of Osiris uses all the time. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and then, uh, a by lot the way, of I, I'm, I, by the way, shout out to After the Burial. All those bands also, but especially I love After the Burial. After the burial. I love uh, I'm good friends burial. with those guys, so it's it's shout out to Adrian mm-hmm. and. And uh, and uh, Dan, probably one of the best drummers in the game, by the way. Yeah, yeah, very underrated. But but anyway, yeah, at that time, yeah, Sumerian, I feel like that was almost their peak also because Periphery, I feel like they were also new at that time. Not new, but Sumerian was part of well, that. There's as well. so many bands now trying to capture the magic of the production and the quality of those albums. And I talk about it because I still listen to those albums all the time. Like that's that's some of my regular kind of metal rotation. Yeah, um, yeah. Still but is for me. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're balanced. They're so balanced between like death metal and death core that the riffs stay interesting and the breakdowns stay interesting because I don't like just blasts over everything. I'm not a big fan of like just blast beats all the time. And I'm not a fan of breakdowns all the time. You know, I want yeah. good chunky riffs and I want catchy, exciting breakdowns. Um, and so those bands do that so well. And um you know, after the burial's been doing it for yeah <laughs> for a while, and, yeah, now. And, and and they keep getting better at it. You know, and yeah, um, and all of them it... have changed into kind of their own individual sounds. And I like all of them; they've all you know evolved over time. So you know, much love to all of those bands. I think it's really cool, and I've seen them all way too many times. To and, and, and it's so cool that you have that influence because they're you know, some of my favorite bands. You just listed off there. Um, you know, as you were talking about World of Warcraft, I had friends in my community. Like it was World of Warcraft, uh, Maple Story, and uh, Guild Wars. If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, yeah, all those yeah. three. It was I didn't play it as much because I was more of a console uh, mm-hmm. gamer. So once Skyrim, like it took over my life. Like once that dropped <laughs> in November 20, like I I remember specifically like just that time in my life how Skyrim took. I, it's still I still have I I have like what is it? They uh, redid that the game in like five different times. Like, yeah, I have it. it. I have it like three I have all I have all the, the I have all those versions. Every I got single one, one on the on the PC. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's crazy that they keep releasing it. But we're kind of doing the same thing with learning to breathe. Yeah. You know, we released it independently in 2016 and then it got re-released by the label that uh we worked with at the time and then we're releasing it now on vinyl. So it's wow. kind of had multiple different iterations over the years. Um but we got hooked up with Silent Pendulum and we weren't going to pass up the opportunity to do vinyl on our old album. So we're really happy that that's happening as well. You ever pop in uh, learning to breathe every now and then just to. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah. I, I joke that like what I do is karaoke my own songs, you know, like when I go up on stage, I just follow the drums and I sing, sing my song. I sing the song I sing. Um, and so me practicing really is just listening to the album and visualizing being on stage. Like I don't, I don't yeah. like, you know, some people joke talk, joke about like standing in the mirror, or whatever. I don't do any of that shit, but <laughs> I just visualize being on stage and being in that space. Um, and I'll just listen to the set list a couple times um, the week before, um, and then it's all about just warming up the thirty minutes before the set. I think that's really the most important part for me in terms of being ready. Lots of breaths, lots of singing. Yeah. Do you ever also also go back? I don't know. I'm, I'm being sentimental here, like as far as like revisiting times watching yourself perform you know it's one yeah i know the last two years we were all at home but it's like yeah have you ever like like 
pulled up old videos of yes. your, yourself. Yes, absolutely. Like, and anybody who says anybody who says they haven't is a liar. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, they're good. They're good memories. And, you know, a lot of our shit, it, we dress up in costumes. We do stupid stuff on stage uh, and we we're we just have fun. Right. So a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll be like, hey, I remember the show we played and I'll show it to my wife. And, and then I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't remember we did that. You know, I didn't. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of nostalgia, but yeah, it was happy memories. Um, and again, we missed it. We missed going to shows. So uh, yeah. And then coming up to, you know, the album release coming up, it's really like retrospective because, you know, uh, I've never dealt with a, a sophomore album before. You know what I mean? I've never put out a second <laughs> album and had to look back at, at like the catalog and think about how it, how it fits in now. And I've definitely done more of that uh, as we get closer. Now let's get to Between the Light and Air because you're setting this up for me perfectly. This is the second album for people who who are keeping count at home and I know you are. It drops on August 26th, if that's still the release date. Yes. Uh, I don't think that's changed out on uh, Silent Pendulum, Re- Pendulum Records. Now, the second album, right? We That's kind of the, we mentioned that, the sophomore mm-hmm. album. Before we get into the fundamentals of this insane record, by the way. I mean, Thank you. this is the, I mean, uh, also the follow-up to 2016's learning to breathe i don't even know if we can even call it that it's almost like a rebirth for you guys at, at the same time i mean it's been six years i felt like you know i went back and heard that album and it's a great album top to bottom it was it could also i felt like these two albums also complement each other in a way because yeah there were lineup changes a lot of a lot of stuff you guys have been through in the last six years you know it almost feels like another debut at the same time mm-hmm. it's you can pick one or the other and I want people out there to know this because I know you guys parted ways with your previous guitar player and the main songwriter. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of you uh, came together to decide on how you would proceed. Not an easy thing to do because I feel like anyone could have easily just taken the a different road, you know, call it quits. But no, years later, here you are, bro. You know, New Year. I mean, I know we're past like midway of 2022, but really yeah. New Year for Cyborg. New album. New chapter for the band, even. I feel like the year of Cyborg. Yeah, the year of Cyborg, pretty much. (laughs) You know, Ian, did you, was there any such thing as pressure for you when you decided to sit down and write again for this new record? You know, I know you got the debut album out the way, but, you know, I'm sure that thought alone had to sit in your head, right? Because what's the commonality we hear? It's that sophomore slump, right? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear that. So I thought you guys like one up yourselves. I mean, with this album, thank you, but thank you. but pressure. Did you resonate with that, or was it no? Just... I'm a very in the moment person. Uh, I I I really focus on the task at hand. Like I am so I'm so crazy, um, crazy present. I try to be on yeah. whatever I'm doing at that moment. And so when I was writing lyrics and when I was thinking of patterns and I was you know putting together the album vocally, I. I was just trying to do the best job I could. And when it came to writing the last album, David did write a lot of the last album, but Bobby helped write it and Patrick helped write it as well. So it's not like they didn't have hands in the pot of learning to breathe as well. Mm -hmm. It's just that David was the main writer and created sort of these skeletons of songs and created a structure and, and, and some really good riffs. David's a great writer. Um, But when we moved when we moved on from david we still all had been in cyborg for 5 years or so at that point all of us so you know some of the people had been in the band just as long as david and just as long as i had 
and none of us wanted to stop. You know, we really enjoy the music. Yeah. We enjoy having fun. And it's really about, you know, what it represents for, for us. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just our, it's our thing. It's our music. It's our collective thing. It's not just David's thing. And it never, it never was right. So when we moved on from David, it was all love because he said, Hey, here, I had a couple things here and there from some of the songs specters included the new single, um, all like bits and pieces of those songs. And we worked them over time to become the songs they are today. So he helped write he still helped write the new album in some in some ways we just made the final songs so it was it was awesome to have inclusion of everybody and in a lot of ways it's the same group that wrote this album that wrote the last album so it was just you know the finishing touches and again patty and bobby did a ton of writing for this album mm -hmm. um and so a couple of the songs are very different and i think that's cuz they were some of the first songs that bobby our guitar player took over completely and pretty much made a whole song and then we worked it from there. Right. So um, it's kind of the, where the origins of the songs were coming from were the same. Um, but yeah, just new vibes. We've, we've grown a lot. It's been six years since the last album. So we've all grown up. We listen to a lot of music and we, I, I keep saying that we've tried to fit everything we love about music in one album. <laughs> so it is dense, but we wouldn't have it any other way. And thus, a new genre is born called Cyborg Octopus. I think <laughs> I think you guys have invented your own genre at this point. I mean, throughout this record, good lord, Ian. I mean, from power metal to progressive, jazz metal. Can you even call something like that? I mean, yeah. th th there was death core, metal core. There was melodic death. I mean, I felt like, as far as melodic, I mean, like early like in flames vibes. I was I was getting, and awesome. of course, awesome. of course, of course, the saxophone. You know, I, I felt like all five of you really. And including David went above yeah. and beyond with this one. I mean, from old stories to the projector again, that's my personal favorite. Awesome. The hindsight all the way to the title track. I mean, it felt like an epic movie. You know, how you want to watch a movie. You uh -huh. keep going back and you want to watch a certain part. I mean, not what you catch something that you missed the first time. Yeah, that's how I felt with with uh, this album. I kept wanting to go back and listen to different parts over and over again because, like, oh, my God, that's the point when the saxophone comes in the 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 third act of the projector holy shit the riff i don't know where you guys come up with that i don't care but it is amazing <laughs> but you know walk me through this ian because i wonder how much did things change from when you first started this is maybe a loaded one like it's this could be for multiple members I'm ready. how much on. did things change from when you first started composing on you know uh between the light and air to where you ended up finishing it did you already have a specific sound in mind from day one or did it kind of just evolve into what it is today it kind of evolved into what it is today so we had about three of the songs half done when david left so there's seven songs on the album three of them david assisted with so those were sort of half done and we worked on them um and then the other songs came through and i think when i talked to the band about what I was focused on, because when it comes to the art for the albums, yeah. um, I'm I, I'm the person that decides the artists and and am commissioning what the art would be. So I give the band my ideas and we kind of work it out, and then I'll go find an artist. And I actually gave the artist a some some kind of like ghetto Microsoft Paint versions of what I wanted. So this thing up here, and <laughs> um, and so I wanted the album to be about. And it sounds corny, but I don't know how else to say it, but about energy and about energy relations between people. 
So how you affect others, how you affect yourself Mm -hmm. and how others affect you. Um, And so especially at a time like today, it would it's it resonates. I I feel like. Yeah. And I say I say a lot during this time that every and it's a song lyric from a band I really like is everything is truer now than ever before. You know what I mean? Like if you want to if you want to do something you really need to go out and do it for yourself because no one's out there look like looking out for you. You know what I mean? You've got to look out for yourself. Um, and that's truer now than it's ever been. Right. And so I think looking out for yourself, looking out for what's good and moving forward are a lot of what the album is about. Um, and so I talked a lot to the band about that, that energy explanation um, and so when songs were being written, me and Patty were like, all right, what is the interaction happening here in this song? If that makes sense. What is like the the driving the, force, I guess, the human, the humanity and the driving force of the song. Um, and so Spectre's the new song. Um, it's about being betrayed and not knowing who to trust. And, you know, it's a spaghetti Western. It's a everybody's a desperado looking out. So looking out for their own. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of that vibe through the album. And then when the songs are written, you mentioned being on a journey or like a movie. I really felt like like um, like a visitor in a strange land, if that makes sense, like like passing through a place that I'm not sure I'll ever see again. As so, as as someone who's listening to the album, is that what you're referring to? As some, like, as like some, I am the visitor or. Yes, exactly. Okay. I am the visitor. And I am traveling through this place, this place being our music. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different ways it can be interpreted. Right. But that's sort of where the art from the the album came from. We're like, we're the album art is literally the silhouette moving towards the pinnacle. You know what it I mean? Me, so, I was looking at the album art. It, it, lo- it reminded me of the never ending story. And I'm looking at it like it's thing of beauty, by the way. It's the I hero's mean, journey. It's the hero's yeah. journey. So this is some of the single art for Spectres, the the song that came out today. The actual album art is the top of the mountain. So the album goes front to back. So the front is the mm-hmm. top of the mountain. And as the album, you move to the back of the album's casing, it's this. So it's the start of the journey is on the back. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, um, it's subtle ways to emphasize the music and what's important about the music to us. You know, it's one whole package and art and what the songs are about um, is really what my job as the vocalist is, I feel. Um, and the band helps a lot by writing crazy stuff. And we work together a lot on it. Thanks for sharing all that, by the way, about the lyricism, because I feel like the bulk of it also, this album deals with, you know, maturing and you're deciding for yourself and fighting off. Uh, what is it? The, the doubt and the fear that we all deal with to some degree again mm-hmm. i don't mean it's like not sound like a broken record it is important at a time like today the, getting the message across i began to think of like the tangibles of like a theme or a message to your music it, i feel like it's safe to say it's a big component of the songwriting for a band like cyborg right yeah because you know we make songs that are all different sorts of sounds right so this the we all have our our consistent vibe to what we write because it's us writing it right we mm-hmm. love metal we like a lot of different genres and we love we love um i feel like there's like diff- i feel like there's like different subgenres within subgenres that are like being uh, born right now in metal as we're speaking there's so <laughs> many of them like i was just having this conversation with a friend of mine how how metal out of all the genres has the most subgenres you could ever think of i mean it's insane like there's there what is i mean there's like 
you can just add anything to it and then mm-hmm. core, you know? And that's why I think it's easier <laughs> to just call us prog because, you know, yeah. it's prog experimental because, you know, we're a metal, we're a death metal band. So like when people ask what we are, I say, we're a death metal band because we're, we're a death metal band, you know, that's what we do. But, um, there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on and we, we like a lot of different music and it's funny because no one in the band like has all the same music taste. Like we all like very different stuff in metal. What is the most off like artist that any of you listen to? That'll just surprise me. It's like, what? That came out of nowhere. Is oh. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if it even that like, even even something that surprises you maybe surprising. Oh, we all love um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and we all love yeah. um, '90s dance music. We all love '90s techno. Um, big. Uh, what what is it? I, I, I'm I'm thinking of Ace of Base because Ace of Base. Yeah, because see, because the cool thing about Ace of Base, there's this documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. It was like the or something like that. Like the first episode talked about Ace of Base and how when they came to uh, the compositions of their songs. The music came first because you wanted to make sure it can fit in a dance club before they implied the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So either way, the instrumentals work well and the vocals work well. You That's know? very Which is, interesting. That, yeah. That's very interesting. And you know, that, we was actually, cool, that was a really cool approach to songwriting, especially in the 90s. I mean, outside the box, right? So yeah, anyway. well, again, that bass has to be good. And some of the lyrics for this album were written alongside the songs as they were being written. Yeah. But for the most part, it was, yeah, how does the song work? It wasn't just, let's make a wacky song. It's like, let's make a song that combines these elements in a way that we think is fun, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, we're like, wow, this is cool. We, we, I haven't heard something that sounds like this. You know what I mean? So if we're making something that sounds weird and different and we're like, what else sounds like this? And we have to think about it. I think we're on the right track, you know, because it is very uniquely us. Uh, And to talk about Ace of Base uh, on our first tour ever, we almost got arrested for blasting Ace of Base in a parking lot at like three in the morning. I shouldn't be laughing, but that's that's like something I would fine. But so... It, we come by it honestly, and you know we yeah. always joke like, "Why are you playing metal at metal shows? Like in between bands, you should be playing rap or dance or disco, like something to like a, a palate cleanser, so you can have fun and then continue." Um, I'm so, drinking yeah, from we, a Spice Girls mug, so hell yeah, I think, I think case in point, right? <laughs> so you should be able to blast what you want. I mean, you're it's really cool because it shows how your influences can come from so many different creative parts that no one has expected mm-hmm. i mean shout out to ace of bass by the way so <laughs> you know i feel like you could also see this album as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back as well you know mm-hmm. especially with the lyricism now you talk about the sound i, I want to talk about it just a little bit further because this was a big part of the record that i really loved you know because i'm i'm an audiophile these days ian i'm very picky on how i want my music to sound the way i want yeah, it to sound me too it, this sounded it, I, I mentioned matured right this not only was the lyricism and the music matured, but even the production was matured from like learning to breathe, you know, as far as like producing, mixing and mastering. I know uh, David Wu had a hand on it. Um, you know, it was also written by the band and it was done at, I believe, at Bang uh, Studios, with Bang Studios Nick- and, and San Mateo. Yeah. Yeah. So- with Nick Loicano. Nick Loicano is a good friend of ours and he recorded our first album as well. So, you know, the sound matured. He was with us for the first album. And then when we came in and we were like, this is these are the things we wish we could have improved on the last album. And this is where we want it to be. Um, So he was right there along with us. And so, yeah, we've worked with Nick on everything since like 2013. So um, he's great. Um, And 
this is that was the sixth version of the album. So we had six wow. different versions before we got to the one we're at. Do you um, fall the, into the? Uh, no, it's like go and finish up because I got one before the the fifth version. We turned up the bass too high, and George was happy about it. But the it was it sounded so bad, and I was like, <laughs> he could oh, hear no. himself. That's all. That yeah, we we're like, oh no, we got too lost in the sauce. You know, we were like, oh, it's good. We can't come back from this. And then the sixth version of the album was exactly where we wanted it to be. So, um, yeah, it was it was a tough process. And I'm gonna uh, all up to George. Like George, sorry, this I all I can hear is you. <laughs> yeah, we got George as loud as he yeah. reasonably could be. That's that's what it was. At least give him give him that fifth fifth version of the copy so he has it for himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, do you ever fall into that trap where you're a vocalist, Ian? All right, so you do you ever fall into the trap where I know the album's done, but do you ever go back and listen to it? It's like you know what I should have done it this way. Um. Yes and no. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A million times. Yes. Do I have that thought in the back of my head and it like fires off every once in a while? Absolutely. But at the same time, I told Nick I wanted my vocals to sound pretty natural on the album. I wanted I wanted the layers to be realistic and something that we could do live. So that was really the my biggest emphasis was like, I want this to sound live like it does on the album. Um, and so that was really what I had in mind. And so I didn't want every little perfect imperfection taken out of whatever I was doing. Um, I, I kind of wanted that. So yeah, yeah, there's things I, I would, I wish I could change, but at the same time, I'm really happy with it. Cause an album is never perfect. You know, like you could spend, you get to 95% and we talk about this all the time as a band, you get to yeah. 95% and that takes six months. That extra like 95 to 98% is going to take another six months. And it's not worth mm-hmm. like what's worth the amount of effort you're putting in to the realistic. Like how much better is this really from that one minute change that only you are going to recognize, you know, which, you know, you could, you could do it differently in a live setting, you know, you could yep. perform, I don't know. You could, you could make a, uh, uh, when you guys perform the projector, you could change things up in the end. Who knows? You yeah, know, something like that. And I think that's a really cool. That's really cool. I feel like when a band can is able to do that, when they can change things up, like the art of the music can changes as opposed to what's in the studio, mm-hmm. which is it really shows two different sides to a band, I feel like. Yeah. You know? And we did do that on some of the albums on Learning to Breathe. So we did a couple live recordings of Learning mm-hmm. to Breathe as well. And those the outros to those songs and some vocals here and there were switched around. But, you know, over time, you play a song enough certain things just start to feel natural and you can't necessarily know that before playing it a ton of times. Right. So Mm -hmm. you record, you play a ton and then you like perfect the, the performance. And I know you guys played uh, a a few shows so far in this year already. Is that correct? I think just the one in San Jose. So we've just played one show this year. um, And then we played one in Reno, maybe, maybe end of last year. So there's been very, very seldom shows, but we're, we're definitely trying to pick that up in the coming months. Yeah. I can't wait for, I can't wait for you guys to come here to Dallas. We're coming to Texas, dude. We're coming to Texas. Don't you, do you have a date or is this something that's like under wraps? Okay. No, no, just we're coming to Texas eventually one day. That's (laughs) That's all I know. Yeah. That's all. Let me know. Let me know. I'll, I'll, (laughs) I'll I'll be the one going crazy in the, in the pit, obviously. Hell yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's really cool to see the growth of you guys to, to, you know, to where you are today. And 
again, I talked about being appreciative of so much and we've, I've lost people in the last couple of years, you know, that's, yeah, that's yeah, another man. thing. I know the metal community has as well. And it's just, I feel like as we get older, you know, we forget about the, you know, the older people before us and we start to lose them one by one. And, you know, and, and seeing something like what you have created with cyborg, it's almost a level of inspiration to the point Ian, and and it's really cool to see that. I know we've covered a good amount of ground on this awesome interview. I mean, thank you, thank you again for sharing so much about, you know, who you are and what Cyborg is all about, you know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline you have taken in, which we have discussed about so far, you and your bandmates, right? Yeah. You know, and performing for as long as you have, you know, it's, it's been, you know, 11 years, maybe even, even more than that. Yep. And, you know, the people you have met and work with during this record and the others, you guys, I feel like are making a statement with this album, not only for the fans that have stuck with you from the start, but yourselves, which is awesome. You know, I'm excited to see where you guys go from here. You know, this is definitely something you have a passion for. And the truth is, is for what I'm seeing, I, I feel like you've experienced plenty already in your career, Ian, and, and then some, Thank you know, you, you know, have yeah, and you know, we yeah, go ahead. Well, the, you know, we were joking. We were talking just now about how the album's deciding for yourself, fighting off doubt, blah, blah, blah we did that to make the album you know what i mean so like it's a it's a mirror of what we were going through at the time creating the album the the exact thing and i know a lot of bands were going through the same sort of stuff and yes it has been it has been very tough but it's a lifelong project you know what i mean um it's something that we love and we're gonna keep making music for as long as we can and i think that's that's what we want people to get across because like yeah you could you could like uh write us off and be like oh they're another wacky prog band and i think yes we are a wacky prog band but we care a lot about the music and it doesn't need to be one or the other right it doesn't need to be oh the music um is is all about being wacky because the music isn't all about being wacky the Mm -hmm. live shows maybe a little bit but the the album itself is a work of love and and it's theater you know all death metal's theater and how i how i think about it is like real life is way more metal than these fantasy metal concepts you know what i mean like like <laughs> yeah. real I'm, existence that, that's, is i'm quoting metal. that <laughs> so so writing about real real fucking existence i feel is just uh is just fine if you're if you're doing it the right way and and we care about our real lives so we care about the real music and we want to get it to the real people that listen to us. So I think that's, that's, that's the most important part for us is yeah, definitely giving back to those people that have been listening to us for over the years, but Mm -hmm. we wanted this out and we're tired of being at shows, especially in Sacramento. Shout out to Sacramento. Every time we play in Sacramento, they're like, when's the next album coming out guys. We see (laughs) you play the same songs every time. And we're, and I just love like we're getting it, we're getting it as soon as possible. So it's almost here, and we're playing new songs, um, and we hope people dance and have fun and 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 uh, get heavy with us. And I feel like there's gonna be that sense of accomplishment, like once you hold that vinyl. You probably already had the vinyl or test anything. pressings. Yeah, yeah. Test see, pressings. you're gonna have it in your hand. You're just like, man, this is it, you know. And it's. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if your aspirations, Ian, have as a musician or hell, uh, just a human being. Uh, I wonder if they have changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry. Like you see things differently today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but my, my goal was never be uh, like eight months out of the year touring musician. 
<laughs> People do yeah. that too. I know, you know, I, know I personally know someone who does that. I can't, I don't know how they do it. And, and that's what I say. Like, I love being on the road and I love playing shows, but my life doesn't allow for it all the time. Like some mm. people's lives allow for it. So my goal was make good music, push myself and spend time with my best friends. At the beginning of this band, when no one came out to our shows, I used to say, Hey, worst case scenario, I get a drink with my buddies. And so that was sort of our, our kind of motto is like, we'd play as hard as we could, and then we'd have a good time and hang out with our friends. And so now there's just a lot more people hanging out with us. So we're, we're yeah. happy about that. <laughs> I'm happy about that too, man. But uh, bro, this is the last part of our interview, man. This is, I can't believe it's been almost an hour, but uh, man, I can't wait to do this again when you guys are coming Hell to yeah. Texas. Hopefully Texas is soon. Now I got a little surprise for you. Okay. okay. So I, I was, I was going to save it till the end. I'm going to do a little section here that always throws all my guests off and they love it i like how you're like adjusting your seat like getting i'm it. ready all right i'm gonna do here i'm gonna do something here called the lightning round all right here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go down the list i'm gonna ask you a question you have you just have to think quick on your feet you have to pick one or the other okay okay <laughs> all right here we go uh it's funny because the first question is what's the capital of california sacramento all right shout out Green or blue? Green. Vegan or meat? Meat. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. Both, but Lord of the Rings for sure. <laughs> Mexican food or Italian food? Mexican food all day. California. Oh, oh hell yeah. You, you didn't hesitate. Would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Jump from a plane. I don't <laughs> want to walk. <laughs> Country or hip hop? Hip hop. All right. I you this, this, I mean, this question, I'll ask it. If you were to spend one day in the world, the last video game you played, you know, where would you be and would you survive? Azeroth! <laughs> world of Warcraft, baby. Uh, it depends on if I have my shaman's powers or not. If I don't have my shaman's powers, then no, I'm screwed. I'm getting eaten by lizards. But if I have the powers, I think I'd do okay. Mine would be Elden Ring and I would die over and over <laughs> and over and over no and way, man. over. Uh, that I, I had to like hide that. It's like I can see it from here. But once I start, I just won't stop. So did you it, beat it? No, I think I played like 15 hours and I accomplished absolutely nothing. And I kind of just put it away. <laughs> I, I beat it twice. I put an ungodly amount of time into that game when it first came out. How many hours did you put in? Probably 150. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, Each... I'm having I'm taking uh, some time off from from my job in and in in for the next like month or so. Get lost, but, dude. Get dude, lost I, in it. I, I may just do that. That's it. And it's <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to reach back out to you just in case. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, the only game I've ever played, beat, and immediately started another playthrough again. I I love it. It's the best game I've ever played. I love WoW, but Elden Ring yeah. is the best game I've ever played for sure. I, I did that with Skyrim multiple times. All right, uh, <laughs> learning to breathe or between the light and air. Between the light and air. <laughs> Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Halloween. Okay. Nah, nah, I'm not a spooky boy. I, I, I like costumes are fun, but, but Halloween not so much. Candy, nah, but I want presents. That makes it even funnier because what's in the background. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, L.A. or New York? L.A. Would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future? Move things with my mind. Uh, future is too powerful. <laughs> That's too much power for me to have. I had a feeling you were going to say both. All right. <laughs> if if Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think we could. I think we could change. Uh, I'd caress Tom the Rose back of his life, head. Right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, no one gave him a hug. 
who knows? But then we probably won't get the movies we did. But anyway, uh, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Every language in the world. Yeah. I've had That'd people be crazy. Say, I've, I've had people who say, well, I can talk to my dogs and cats. So, yeah, of nah. course. Animals, I feel like are screaming most of the time. They're like, fuck. <laughs> like, so no matter what animal you talk to, they're probably nervous. And that wouldn't be fun. So someday this technology is going to happen. Like in, in that movie up when the dog is like, you know, when he's talking, it's like, yeah, the the device is talking for him. That's what I want. The day that happens. That's also we'll... too much power. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> all right. Last one. Uh, there's a time machine in front of you, Ian. It says the destination is the first concert you've ever attended. Where are you? And what do you remember the most about this day? And do you take the trip? Super influential. It was Rob Zombie, Shine Down, and Godsmack. Um, and I was maybe 11, 12 years old. Um, and I remember there was people in skeleton people on stilts. Is this 2004? Maybe. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, yes. Actually, <laughs> I think it would have been 2004. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, I remember Rob Zombie had skeleton people on stilts walking around on stage. And also there was a ton of hentai on the projector screen behind them. And I thought that was so wild. And my dad, my dad took me. He was like, don't, don't look at the back, son. (laughs) I was like, this is so cool. So yes, I would, I would probably go back and relive that. And I have a fat Godsmack jacket from that night that I might bust out on stage one of these days. Oh my God. Please do that. Please do that. I don't know if anybody (laughs) knew this story. That's awesome, man. I love that. You know, it's, it's really interesting because two nights ago, we just covered uh, my publication. We just covered the used and The used 2004, same year. That was my first concert I've ever attended. And wow, fast forward to a couple of days ago is my my second time seeing that because my first time was, was seeing the used was wow. all those years ago. Very so cool. it was really cool to come full circle and see that. And I don't know, I got a little emotional, you know, just th- just seeing that. You know, it's it's really cool. Like the first concert, you really remember something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, man, would... we carry the music with us. You know what and, I mean? Like, I think that's so important. Yeah, and that day it was it was a crazy day. It was a festival, and one of the artists that were there, um, I got to see Dimebag perform two months before he got shot on stage, like Holy insane. Crap. Yeah, of course here in Texas, you know, um, yeah. and it was just one of the most like incredible experiences. Like I, I had, I, I mean, I knew who he was, but I've never like seen him. Like it's dude. It was insane. Yeah. Like the once he played, it was game over. But yeah. anyway, shout out to the first concerts, man. We've been to. That's do you have? Uh, so you have the jacket. Do you have like pictures and ticket stuff from that day, like stuff like no, that? No, I'm not that nostalgic. I I'm think not I, I think I still have my ticket stuff from that day. It was That's called sick. Freakers Ball, and it was presented by the local radio station here. I think 97.1 The Eagle. But that's um, a pretty cool name. We might yeah. we might take something. Freakers steal that. Ball. Freakers so, Ball. <laughs> you don't hear it anymore. I would That's love wild. to see it come back from it. So anyway, on wood, but um, but uh, Ian, this has been awesome, bro. Uh, thank you so much for. I mean, this has been great, dude. I feel like we could talk for hours. Next time, yeah, gonna... Sonny, you're awesome, dude. I'm really excited when we go to Texas eventually. <laughs> wink, wink. Before <laughs> the end of the year, definitely wanna wanna meet you and hang out and eat some hot wings. Yeah, and uh, I'll bring I'll bring the Pepto. So as long as we have that, I think. Please. At least I'll I'll be good to go. But bro, um, do you have any like last words? Is any shout outs? Anything else you would like to plug or mention as um, far as Cyborg before we finish? Everything off here? is out August twenty sixth. Pre order at the the Silent Pendulum uh, Bandcamp. 
Thank you so much for listening. Um, comment. Let us know what you think. Um, we just want to hear people's opinions. We've been sitting on it for so long. Um, so thank you so much, everybody who's listening. Um, and, you know, keep doing stuff you're passionate about. And uh, this podcast will be heard on literally every stream out there. So we're actually known worldwide. So and I oh, yeah. can't wait for people to, you know, come come to come out to these shows and see you guys because it's about time Cyborg is unleashed into the world and if you could do me a favor and ian a favor everyone out there buy the record because the bands can't do it without your help you know mm-hmm. it goes a long way i still i'm old-fashioned i i think you already knew that from the start ian i yeah. still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room next to my vcr that i haven't <laughs> that i haven't yeah. opened from ebay that i bought like two years ago i need to do that yeah but, only only 300 copies of each so there's 300 copies of the new one they, 300 yeah. copies of the old one and uh at least 100 plus are already sold so uh, we sold out of two of the variants already so i don't know the exact numbers but we're doing okay um but we don't know how long those the other two variants of each album will be there so definitely go uh, go check it out now i'm just a fan out there but if you have a flag of your background i will be the first one in line we have flags of the new album cover and the old album cover both there on the the page as well so that was something i wanted i want to put i want to put that shit up in the house dude hell yeah well i'll be looking forward to the um uh, the tour dates. I know you mentioned Texas, but we don't want to put too. We want to keep surprises are good, you know, good surprises. I already know that's going to mm-hmm. be something to look forward to. But everyone who is listening, this is Ian Forsyth of Cyborg Octopus. Much love, Ian, man. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, dude. Have a Please. great month, dude. Have a great time, like leading up to the release, man. Thank um, you. Let's stay in touch on the socials and uh, yes. between the light and air drops August twenty sixth, like Ian said, on Silent Pendulum. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Ian, stay safe, brother. All right. Peace out, man. I'll let you get back to your uh, 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 wow. All right. So hopefully that doesn't change the answer that I gave you on the video game. But (laughs) not at all. Not at all. Peace, man. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. guys thanks for listening to interview under fire podcast if you guys like what you heard please subscribe and share our channel and please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously if you'd like to check out more visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on facebook instagram and youtube and finally we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us keep it burning